morning. I'm over the rocks and the weeds and all. I had to stand under the shade of this tree. Normally I'm across the street there, but I'm um, stand here. Uh, this is uh, across from Boulder High School. This is Arapaho and 15th here. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, this is my scariest location. Uh, I literally hate coming here. Uh, I am so utterly uncomfortable, I can hardly stand it. But I'm here, and um, uh, willingly, I, I guess I'm willingly, I'm asking God to keep me willing. I am obedient because I'm here, but the willingness, I'm kind of dragging on that portion of the scripture. And, uh, but. Oftentimes I'll calm down after a little while, but oftentimes not. I don't know what it is about this area. Uh, it's, it starts about a, about a, I don't know, about a hundred feet from this uh, Rapaho, and then you can feel the tension in the spirit once you get about uh, about a hundred feet from this road here, and then you cross the street, and all through here there's immense tension, spiritual tension, that if you're not alert to the spirit, you have no clue what's going on. You think, oh, this is beautiful, this is nice, but there is a lot of uh, satanic activity in this church, or this uh, school. And a lot of people don't believe that, but uh, that's okay. Uh, they can believe whatever they want to believe. It doesn't matter to me. I know what I see, and I know what's affecting me right now as I do this. Plus, I have off to my right here a coffee shop that attracts a lot of uh, very uh, high-level, new-age, uh, anti-God, anti-Christ uh, people that hate God with a passion. And uh, so I've got a lot of opposition from the left and from the right, uh, but the Bible says it won't come near me, so I am protected. But I'm just letting you know uh, that sometimes we have to go to places that God sends us that we don't really want to go to. But we ask the Lord for help, and He sends us. You know, I'm here. I'm about an hour behind schedule because uh, I was up at early about 6 o'clock this morning and I was over here at 6.30 this morning, about 6.20, uh, here at this high school. And uh, Brent and I, we marched around the entire perimeter plus a couple other things. And we marched and prayed for about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. And uh, it was really wonderful at about you know 6.15, 6.20 in the morning, watched the sunrise. It was absolutely beautiful. and. Uh, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, I didn't sense any of the oppression then. I had slight possibility, but it really wasn't overwhelming. But because people are the ones that attract the devil, not buildings, even though sometimes there are what I call uh, devils of occupancy. Uh, they occupy places where people live and uh, they don't, they just stay there in that building or that place of where the people are. But I didn't sense that here, okay? Uh, but I have sensed it in other buildings and in other places that I call it a devil of occupancy. I used to use the word uh, D-E-M-O-N a lot, but I don't use that word anymore because I found out how corrupt that word is. So I don't use that anymore. A lot of people still do, and that's fine, I guess. But I'm really doing all I can to be exact in the Word of God. I, I know a lot of people don't get that. They don't know how do I be exact in the Word of God. Well, how to be exact in the Word of God is exactly what it means. If it's not in the Word of God exactly, then take it out. Unless you're just talking, you know. But uh, when you're trying to quote Bible verses and stuff, you want to quote the Bible, not, you know, your philosophy, your what you think uh, should be said or uh, 
anyways, that's another story. I don't want to go there. See, I'm really nervous. And, uh, uh, but, you know, if you don't like this video, you can click off and unsubscribe, or you can just say, well, I don't want to watch that one because John's really kind of all over the place and nervous. I'm going to watch tomorrow's video. You know, so tomorrow I'll be over there in Lafayette at US 287 and South Boulder Road, Lafayette, Colorado. And uh, then on Friday, I'll be over there in Longmont. I have two locations in Longmont, Colorado. That'll be on Friday. All right, so let's get into the Bible. Let's pray first, okay? So Lord, I thank you that we can come out here even though we're dragging on our willingness, but we are obedient because we're here, Lord. And I really want to do this. And I thank you, Lord, that we can do this even though, no matter what's going on. And I thank you, Lord, for what's going on. And I thank you, Lord, that devils have no power, no authority over me. And no matter what the foulness and the evilness that come out of children's mouths, just like right here, uh, it's not me. I, I could care less. There's nothing I can do about it, Lord, but uh, you can do something about it. So I'm here, and I'm going to lift this banner after this sermon here, and uh, I'm going to see what kind of flack I'll get after that. But uh, I just give you all the glory, Father, for whatever's going to go on right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Acts chapter 13. We're going to go to verse 34 here. And as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead. Okay, raised him up from the dead. Who is G? So he's talking about Jesus Christ, right? The Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world, all right? And as concerning that, he raised him up from the dead. Now, no more to return. No more to return. Uh, that's one of some of the challenges in some of the uh, corrupt churches, uh, not Protestant, usually it's a Catholic church, is they uh, crucify Jesus uh, often very often and it says right here that uh, that doesn't happen so if you try to uh, to uh, crucify him one more time that's not going to work very well so anyways let's re read it one more time sorry I'm so nervous I'm just really I, I, I literally it's like I hear devils screaming at me right now and they're just running around like mice on a in a, in a house empty house like mice in an empty house or rats in an empty house and they're causing all kinds of commotion. And I hear it and I see it. And uh, it's very frustrating. And uh, that's why I ask people, why don't you come out and while I do the video or the, the banner, they'll pray with me. But once again, uh, that is not a possibility because that's something that is not of interest to Christians. It's not of interest. And they'll use every excuse that you can possibly imagine. That's in the Bible, right? It's in the Bible. Lord, I, you know, you know the Bible verses, right? I have to bury my family. Oh, I have to get married. I have to do this. I have to do this. And the Lord says, well, you guys aren't even fifth of the kingdom. So uh, go find those that are halt and maim and all those guys. Anyways, that's another story. Verse 34, and it's concerning that he raised him up from the dead. Who's he? He raised the father, raised up the son, Jesus Christ. Now, no more to return to corruption. All right. Okay, you understand that when God uses different words, one time you'll use corruption means to decay, or another time you'll use corruption to indicate uh, something else. But that's why we have to look at the, all the counsel of God and not just bits and pieces of it. Bits and pieces, a lot of people think that just bits and pieces is all they need. But you need all the counsel of God. All the counsel of God, all right? All the counsel of God. And he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. And he said on this wise, right, I will give you the sure mercies of David. So that was the father telling the son, I will give you the sure mercies of David. And we know that because uh, Jesus sits on the throne of David, right? That's another story there. 
all right? So verse 35, wherefore he saith also, now this is the Father, right? The Holy Ghost also, and the Word. Also, he saith also in another Psalm, okay? We had verse Psalm 2, that's why I wanted to go there first, but I'm here now, so I'm really, because uh, <clears throat> this is a lunch hour and a lot of students are coming by there, you can't see them on the camera. I'm trying to get where nobody's uh, on camera, that's just I'm on camera because uh, somehow or another I'm going to blur it out somehow, okay? You know? And uh, thou shalt not suffer, okay. Also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou, not, thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. All right, holy one, it's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus is the holy one, all right? There's not 15 Jesuses, there's not 125 Christ, there's only one, and that one is holy. Uh, what corrupt Bibles do is they take the word holy off because holy is a very important word. It means uh, to be totally isolated and pulled away from something else and set aside as one, and that's holy one. Uh, but in other Bibles, uh, they'll just say one, the one, and uh, that refers back to Satan. Satan is called the one, all right? And that's, a lot of people don't know that, but Satan is called the one. And so when you take off holy, you change the name of Christ from holy one to one. And that's what's wrong, all right? Anyways, that's another story. A lot of people don't get that too. But I want to go to a couple different Psalms here because in uh, verse 33 up here, it talks about in the second Psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begot thee. So what I want to do is in that Psalm, that second Psalm, that's actually verse seven, verse seven. And I want to go over there, verse 7. No, yeah, Acts of Psalm 2. Sorry, I'm just, uh, I'm shaking like a leaf here. <clears throat> I feel like crying, I'm so scared. <clears throat> but you know what? I mean, I, know, I understand that a lot of people see this, and they're sitting at home, they're sitting in their car, they're walking down the street, and they're seeing this. They're not here right this very moment. So they look at me and say, oh, John, put the armor of God on. Uh, put the, uh, put, uh, you know, you're protected, or there's angels. They say all this stuff, but they say it from a point of view or a point of stance from safety, okay, from safety. I'm five, three feet from the highway here. This is Highway uh, 7, I think, Highway 7. goes up into Canyon, and uh, uh, I'm in this heat. I'm in this place over here. I'm in this place over here, and they don't know what's going on. So you really shouldn't tell other preachers, hey, you should do it this way, or don't do this, or don't do that. Just listen to them, and then if they're scared, and they'll tell you they're scared, then that should tell you, well, brother must be scared. Let's pray for him now, because so next time he comes to this location, because this is the only location I'm scared at, only one. I got 44 locations. This is the only one. Why is this the only one? Am I stupid? Am I ignorant? Don't I know what's going on? Don't I know how to read the Word of God? Don't I know how to pray? Don't I know how to do anything? No. So there's something very spiritually unique about this location. During the summer, I'm down at 15th. That's two blocks down. It's on the other side of Boulder High. I'm on, on the west side of Boulder High. Boulder High is very huge. It's a very big, big college, a school. And uh, I know what's going on. So if you see me, Praying, I mean, nervous like this, or saying something that uh, you don't like, or you, you know, and I'm confessing my faults, I'm confessing of my nervousness instead of trying to hide it. I don't want to be an example. 
you know, and not everybody has a, you know, easy going. Uh, uh, it's a street ministry is tough sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes it's a lot of fun, <laughs> for me at least. <laughs> but sometimes it's really hard, and uh, you don't put them down. You pray for them. Lord, I just surround them with your angels. Lord, protect them. I just intercede for their uh, protection and all that, you know, whatever you want to say. But uh, it's important not to put down, but to lift up. Believers, Christians don't tear down, they lift up. That's how you get people saved. When you tear somebody down, they're not gonna get saved. I don't care how far you tear them down. They're not gonna get saved. I mean, oh, there are situations, there are times when you tear people down or you really point out a lot of problems, they will repent, but that's really far and few between. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, but when you kind of lift people up, it kind of opens their mind a little bit because they're a little higher up. They're not in their muck and mire. They're not in their mud. They're not in their struggle. You kind of lift them up above their struggle and you give them a little tiny ray of hope. And in that ray of hope, they can see their darkness and they can see a little glimmer of light and they are attracted to the light. Not everybody. Some are, or want to go back into the darkness because that's where they're hiding. That's where their sin can't be seen. But, they, you know, but if you lift them up, they can have a little better view. And uh, that's what you want to do in prayers. That's what, you know, and I read that in uh, Matthew uh, 18 this morning in my prayer time, my Bible time, and uh, a truth study, you know, the book I'm doing. Also on that truth study, I am going to be starting the class uh, Monday morning. Uh, it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And it's going to be for 90 days. Uh, it'll be 65 classes. And uh, 65 classes, can you believe that? It just bowls me over. 65 classes uh, for, a 90, uh, for 90 days. And then I'll figure out what to do after that. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be a lot of problems in it, a lot of technical issues. I'm really struggling with trying to get it running. And uh, uh, even the book may not be here on time, so I'm going to print off a few sheets so I can have it so they'll be there. But if you want to order the true study book the first book the first of eight uh, it is on our website so you can go to john shuck chuq.org and as soon as you go to the main page just look under where it says jesus christ is lord it'll say gec true study and there's a link there that takes you over to the uh, bookstore it's on the bookpatch.com the bookpatch p-a-t-c-h.com that's where that's who prints the book and it's a print on demand and it's only at the price that you see there is nine 927 that is one penny over print cost print cost is 926 and we're not allowed to uh, use that figure so uh, they tried to make us do 10 cents but i just put a penny over print cost a print a penny over print cost so that'll be 927 and then god bless you man and that is uh then you have to pay for sales tax and shipping you know and just i think it's four dollars for shipping or two and a half dollars you just do the uh, media ship and uh so there's no profit in us. It's this free giveaway, basically. You just pay for the printing, and there's no profit. I'm not trying to sell the Word of God. And the classes are free also. Everything is given away because God's given to me freely. But guess what happens? People are moved to donate. So I appreciate any kind of you know subsidy because I spent a lot of hundreds of hours building this course, building this school. And uh, it's not built yet, but it's gonna be built over the next few years. Uh, right now, it's a three-year program. And it's kind of like a Bible school, uh, but we don't call it a Bible because there's everybody thinks what they know what Bible means. Understand, Bible means book, but uh, they think, well, their, uh, their, their Bible is, is what they need. So we're calling it the truth study, not a Bible study, but a truth study. And that's really a big deal for me. 
big deal for me. All right, so enough of that. I don't know what I said there, but uh, I got about uh, 20 or so, 15 students all around me. I just, this is so bizarre. Plus, I can't have them on camera. See, that's another thing. You can't have them. That's why I'm standing over here, because over there, they're, they're always on camera. So here, they're behind the camera, and really, nobody's walking up there. And I don't know how to blur people out. I don't know if iMovie allows you to blur people out. I'm trying to figure that out, but I can't really figure it out yet. Still learning. And uh, anyways, all right, so let's go to Second Psalm, uh, verse uh, 7. Is, uh, is what we're talked about here. I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me, Thou art my Son, capital S, Son, the Son, the only begotten Son of God. This day have I begotten thee. So right there, that Bible verse alone in the Psalms lets you know that the Quran is a lie. It is not in alignment with the Word of God, the Bible, the Christian Word of God. So anything in the Quran is not of God. It's not of, Christ, it's not of Jesus Christ, the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. And so since the Quran tells you something else, there's no such thing as a son of God. That's impossible. God doesn't have sons. And I think they use the word plural there. And that's all. That's kind of true because God doesn't have sons, but not really because the word of God does say sons and daughters. Talking about us, the believers. And so that lets you know right now that when you hear a pastor say Allah means the same as God or the same as Christ or the same as Jesus, you know that pastor is a liar. And the fruit of a lie is corruption, is destruction. The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So when you have a pastor on stage who is the head of a big church and has a very large congregation that wraps around the world, and he tells you, all the hundred million people that listen to this guy, that Allah is the same as God, just another word, that is a bold-faced lie right in your face. You should have been offended. Everybody should have walked, stood up and walked out the door. But guess what they did? Yay! They all clapped and cheered. How about that? How about that? Isn't that something? My hands are so sweaty. My Bible is... <laughs> my, my pages are getting wet. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how scared I am. <laughs> I'm trying to put it into words, but I can't. All right. <laughs> all right. So I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Remember, begotten, only begotten son, right there. Uh, verse 8, at, um, let's see, do I want to go there? No, I don't want to go there. Uh, I, I want, you should read all of uh, verse uh, Psalm 2. Read all of Psalm 2. That's really a tremendous psalm. But what I want to do next is go to the next psalm. It says in another psalm, it says this, Thou shalt su not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. That's Psalm 16, verse 10. Psalm 16, verse 10. So let's jump over there. And uh, see if we can get this done. 610. Uh, uh, I'll just go to start, verse 9 here and start there. Verse 9. Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. There it is right there. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, the, this verse, this, uh, this Psalm 16, there are many psalms that, in the first part predominantly, that you can see in the scripture 
that this is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. But it's written by David. Isn't that interesting? And also that this is the Old Testament. And then it was, I don't know, a long time later, a few days later, <laughs> a long time later, that the Acts was written. And it's in Acts, too. And there's a lot of Old, old, verse, old, old Testament verses in the New Testament. They kind of go together, right? The New Testament is a fulfillment of those in the Old Testament. So a lot of these things were fulfilled in the New Testament. And what that does is it validates, it va I have to keep looking down because all these high school girls, they have no clothes on and it's really uh, horrible. I can't believe that their parents let them come to school that way, but they do. And I can't believe the teachers let people come to school that way, but they do. And uh, you know, uh, they do. So I, there's a lot of situations going on here that nobody knows about. I know there's a couple guys in Boulder here, a couple women too know about this. We've been asking people for two years now to help us pray for Boulder Heights. Two years. That's a lot of time. Two years. Every week we ask for two years. You know how many people are helping us pray for Boulder High? Zero. What's that about? I mean, everybody says, would you pray for me? So we ask, oh, I don't want to pray for that. I don't agree with that. I tell you. I tell you, life is not what people think it is. And when people, you hear a preacher say, oh, this is your best life now, have your best life now, or whatever he said it was, or wrote that big book they wrote, he made millions of dollars on. Uh, you know, that is, uh, what is that? I don't know, it's something. Uh, it's something. You know, you can really look around the body of Christ and you can see, uh, something going on that seems like wow that doesn't look like it's a bible verse that doesn't look godly that doesn't look like god would be doing that that looks more like man would be doing that i don't know so that's uh psalm 16 why don't you go through that that's really a great psalm too let's go back into 34 it's going to read the whole thing but i just can't right now i'm going to cut this short in just a moment here let's go back and read uh verse 33 uh, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Lord, I thank you that when we pass out of this body that we won't see corruption either. We will pass from death unto life. We'll only experience that first death. And all too often the scriptures talk about the second death, not the first death. That second death is a death of corruption. Jesus experienced that first death like all of us do. It's appointed to every man. And uh, God is no respecter of person. That's why Jesus died. Uh, he wasn't uh, held back from dying. He died on the cross. He gave up the ghost. He gave up his spirit. His body died on that cross. 
and, uh, but he didn't see the corruption of the second death. He went to hell, but guess what? The scripture also say, Lord, that his body saw no corruption. And I thank you, Lord, that we too, even our body, because of who we are, will see the corruption of the dust of the, going, our body going to the dust, but we won't see the corruption of the second death, the lake of fire, because our name is in the book of life and we're saved, we're born again, we're, we're filled with your spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, even here and now, in Jesus' name. So, uh, I was gonna say something, what was I gonna say? Um, I can't remember what I was gonna say, so I need to blur all that out, at least people walking here. So it looks like another shift getting off here. So anyways, God bless you, man. I hope you have a great day, all right? God bless you, bye-bye. <laughs>